And hello from Boise, Idaho and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Kevin Richard. And I'm Clark Corbin. And Happy New Year, first of all. Uh, It has been a cold and snowy week here in uh, the Treasure Valley, and it's been a a cold and snowy week across the state. A lot of schools have been out, uh, a lot of of cancellations, a lot of postponements, but things are... uh, we are fully working here, and uh, legislature is getting ready to go back to work, and that's kind of where we were today and kind of where we want to focus this week. The legislature starts on Monday, and on Friday we got kind of a sneak preview of what to expect on a lot of fronts. We sure did. Uh, on Friday, which is the day we record and release this podcast, the Associated Press held its annual legislative preview. That was a chance for the press corps and the public to get a chance to visit with the governor and members of House and Senate leadership uh, about upcoming issues that will play a major role in this legislative session. Kevin, let's start right at the top. Let's start with the governor. Uh, Governor Otter broke some news today. Why don't you break it down? Yeah, interesting session with the governor this morning. And the news that he broke um, regards higher education, but this does obviously tie into K-12. Based on what what happened in 2013 with the K-12 education task force, he wants to try to replicate that and put together a 28-member task force to focus on higher education issues with an eye towards improving Idaho's college completion numbers, which we write about a lot, the 60% number that uh, we've been writing about for years, uh, the idea that we're going to have 60% of uh, young adults from 25 to 34 to hold some sort of a degree. A goal that the state probably is not going to hit by 2020, by its deadline. Um, A goal that the governor seemed to go out of his way to call a benchmark, and I'm not really sure how that terminology really differs, uh, benchmark versus goal. Um, But at any rate, we're we're at a point where uh, the governor wants to put together a group to focus on the needs of the higher education system and try to uh, come up with some sort of consensus-based solutions on higher education similar to what he believes uh, happened right. with the K-12 task force uh, four years ago. So some interesting highlights out of this. We don't know who all is going to be on the committee. We do know who's going to be chairing it. Uh, Linda Clark, a member of the State Board of Education, former uh, district superintendent in West Ada, and Bob Locken, who's a, um, a board member with uh, Idaho Business for Education, both of these folks served on the K-12 task force back uh, in 2013. Bob Locken is interesting in the sense that, you know, he has said publicly, and he said it publicly a month ago at a meeting I was at, we're not going to hit the 60% goal by 2020. The numbers just aren't there. It's just not going to happen. And it may not even really be super close. Um... Based on the numbers we're seeing right now, we're not super close. Yeah. We've got a long ways to go. Um, but what Locken was saying, and it's not new, I, is the idea that this is not just a number, it's also reflective of what's happening in the workforce, what's happening with the needs of employers, and that is going to continue whether the education institutions catch up or not. So his belief is that you got to do something here. Uh, the governor pretty much conceded, you know, we have not seen the kind of improvements in college attendance, college completion that we were hoping to see so uh, there is a little bit of a sense of urgency coming out of uh, the discussion of this task force and the announcement about the task force. So that was kind of the uh, the headline news. 
Some interesting Q&A also, though, about uh, Governor Otter's own future and how seriously is he looking at a role in the Trump administration, namely Agriculture Secretary. He made it clear it wasn't his first choice, but it is something he's very interested in. Um, he hadn't heard any news. He kind of watches the morning news shows to see if there's any developments on it. Um, kind of bristled at the idea that this is a distraction from his uh, from his work as governor and said, if you have any doubts about whether I'm interested in being governor, show up on Monday and listen to my State of the State address to start the legislative session. So interesting session with the governor this morning. Yeah, he clearly had uh, some fun with it. At one point, he mentioned that uh, while he had not gotten a call from the Trump administration, and he may have been half joking here, but he sort of suggested that, hey, I'm calling them. I'm, I'm trying to find out. Uh, from them. So it did make it seem like he was, for sure, would welcome and, and be interested in any kind of a position. He called it an opportunity uh, with the Trump administration. Uh, and the governor did have a little fun with this press conference as well. But we had other news, mm-hmm. um, a, a lot of other news, but between things that the governor said and and things that members of House and Senate leadership uh, got into. Which leads us, as it seems to happen every week on the podcast here, to a discussion of evaluations. I mean, I feel like we almost need like a sub-theme song for the evaluation <laughs> segment of, uh, of the podcast. You know, this would be like a great opportunity for some aspiring... Uh, Idaho band, you know, what better opportunity than to write the supplemental theme song for a a podcast about education in Idaho. But evaluations came up. Legislative leaders talked about it. Some rather uh, strong words about the evaluations process from House Speaker Scott Bedke. Evaluations were one of the major talking points today. To keep in mind, uh, if you read Idaho Ed News, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know about the intersection with these teacher evaluations and uh, a teacher's ability to earn a raise in future years uh, by based on meeting benchmarks on the teacher evaluations process. The Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke, in his opening remarks talked about how when the legislature built the career ladder, which is this $250 million multi-year push to raise teacher salaries, they built it around and upon a system of accountability, Mm -hmm. and that system is the teacher evaluations. The speaker said that... It's not ready. It's not ready. He said, we we want that in there, uh, but we looked at it this year, we rang the bell, and it's not ready to go. And he said it needs to be in there. Uh, He was very... You know, it wasn't vague uh, as, as to his intentions there. He says it needs to be there. However, uh, he also said that we need to quit jerking teachers around, uh, that we need to have something that's predictable, that we need to have something that's fair all across the state. And he said even with the concerns, uh, even with the uh, teacher evaluations controversy as an obstacle, he is still committing, the governor is still committing, and the two education uh, chairs in the House and Senate, uh, that's Senator Dean Mortimer and Representative Julie Van Orden, I spoke with them on Wednesday, mm-hmm. they have all committed to, yes, even in the face of this barrier, they want to pursue full funding uh, for teacher raises this year under what will be the third year uh, of raises in the career ladder. This year, the superintendent has proposed spending $58 million in new funding to increase salaries and benefits for teachers. We'll get the governor's take on that officially on Monday uh, during the State of the State address. Uh, So they all sort of said this is a commitment that we made, but then the governor, kind of echoing statements he has made to me 
earlier this year said, you know what, it may very well be a, a very heavy lift, I think mm-hmm. is the term he used, uh, to get the $58 million this year in light of the evaluations controversy. Right, and you can go to news.org and read uh, Clark's story with uh, comments from the Education Committee chairs. I get into uh, the governor's comments on the career ladder in, in a story that we posted on Friday. The, the bottom line is everybody is saying that they're wanting this uh, funded. They want to continue the funding for the career ladder. But uh, we knew going in this was a big year in terms of the dollar figure. It's more money than we've uh, seen proposed for the career ladder in the past two years. So that's a factor. And you know, it, the evaluations issue is definitely on everybody's minds. It's uh, definitely uh, getting a lot more attention uh, from the legislative and executive branches. So we will see how that unfolds in the legislative session, and we'll see what the governor has to say about it on Monday. I would I would be very surprised if he comes out with a budget that doesn't recommend the $58 million for the career ladder. Everything he has said to this point signals that he's on board with that. Right. But we get the budget when we get the budget, and we will get the budget on Monday. And we expect that the teacher valuations will be an issue during the legislative session on two fronts. The budget discussion, as you've mentioned, when we talk about the career ladder, the $58 million, that's the first thing to look for. The second thing is the State Board of Education is preparing to audit the next year uh, of teacher evaluations. Uh, maybe audit's a bad word to review uh, the next year's worth of teacher evaluations. That's 2015-2016. Under the career ladder law, that's the first year uh, that will be tied to a teacher's ability to earn a raise. It's kind of a three-year period where they have to prove proficiency. So the State Board of Education is preparing to audit the newest, most recent teacher evaluation data. And they announced earlier this week that they're not going to hire McCrell International, which was the Denver-based education consulting firm that came out with the first and I have to say, very controversial review of teacher evaluations. That covered the previous year, 2014-2015. A lot of school administrators and educators and even some legislators have said that that review by McCrell was unfair and perhaps invalid because some of the criteria uh, that the evaluations were judged on were not yet in place through the career ladder, were not yet in place in law. So the interesting news is we're going to uh, evaluate the newest data that's available. McCrell will have nothing to do with it. There's going to be kind of this two-phase process that the state board will look to. Uh, Idaho-trained teacher evaluators from the elementary, secondary, and higher education spheres. They haven't announced who their full team is yet, but they're planning to make an initial report uh, to the legislature and to the state board of education in February with follow-up uh, reports and more of an in-depth review uh, that will be released later in April. So uh, it's something that we're going to keep talking about. The issue of data accuracy and data validity uh, continues to be important in the state of Idaho and continues uh, to be intertwined with this issue of teacher raises. You can go through our archives at Idaho Ed News if you've missed anything uh, since the Christmas break, since the new year. It's all there in the last couple of days, and we'll continue to cover that. But, Kevin, I wanted to ask you about a couple of other topics that may come up during this legislative session. We've had a lot of discussions with lawmakers, and there was some discussion today with the governor and leadership uh, about President-elect Trump's administration and how that could affect the landscape in Idaho. I think one of the areas where people think it may have an effect is the school choice issue. And you had a Mm -hmm. chance uh, to dig into that a little bit. But what are 
What's your understanding of the prospects for school choice uh, issues and proposals this session? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I think school choice advocates around the country are feeling like they have momentum on their side. The, the presidential election, uh, Donald Trump has uh, spoken in favor of trying to put more money, more federal money into school choice. He kind of doubled down on that by uh, nominating a, a very outspoken, unabashed school choice advocate uh, to the education secretary uh, position, right. uh, Betty DeVos, uh, her confirmation hearing is next week. So you would think that that might translate into changes in state houses. And in some states, there may be more more active, more aggressive pushes on the school choice issue. I found that it's a little bit hard to say at this point what exactly to expect in the Idaho state house, even though this is one of the most conservative, one of the most Republican state houses in the country. Um, talking to one one guy, Terry Ryan, who's very active on school choice issues, uh, his take was, well, maybe we see something a little bit more incremental. Maybe we see something targeted in terms of a tax credit uh, proposal that uh, is, you know, targeted towards at-risk kids or kids who are failing in their schools or kids in poverty. Um, Julie Van Orden, the chair of the House Education Committee, is saying, you know, we're right in the middle of this whole process of looking at the school funding formula. Maybe we just hold off until 2018 yeah. and we know what's going on with the funding formula. So I don't really know what to expect. And I think there are going to be a lot of eyes on the Blaine Amendment. And we've talked about this before. This mm -hmm. is the constitutional amendment that basically precludes any kind of a voucher system, any kind of a siphoning of public money into uh, church-run Kind schools. of a separation of church and state type exactly, of a clause, right? Exactly. And the question of whether that is going to be uh, pushed again at the legislature, we'll see. I mean, this, is, this was controversial a year ago. You have uh, critics who are going to line up again if this comes up uh, in 2017. So we, we will see. It's something that we'll obviously keep an eye on. But my takeaway out of all of this is the landscape in Idaho is, is a little bit harder to read than you might think. You, mm -hmm. you, if you're assuming that this is going to be some watershed year for school choice and the, the whole process on the Blaine Amendment, the Blaine Amendment is going to change, not necessarily. So we'll watch. You wrote this week, it was interesting, you wrote this week about what a involved process it is to even amend the state constitution to pave the way uh, for some of those types of ideas. And that's there. And that doesn't change. Yeah. I mean, you still need two-thirds support in the House and two-thirds support in the Senate. To, to get even a get a voter referendum. On the ballot. Yeah. And if you had a ballot measure in 2018, which is when it would be, that addressed the Blaine Amendment, I can only imagine what kind of a campaign you're going to see on that, uh, how much money is apt to come in, in state and out of state on a constitutional oh amendment yeah. that would address or broach the topic of school vouchers. It would be a national election. Yeah. It would be a, an election that's watched nationally. Yeah. And, you know, it would be, you know... I'm not going to say that it's quite of the level of what we saw with Propositions 1, 2, and 3 in 2012, but it would sure have the same kind of overtones. So a long way. And that's kind of the takeaway that I had on, on the school choice story, which you could read at idahoheadnews.org. 
really hard to tell what we're going to see in terms of school choice uh, legislation in Idaho this uh, this coming session. Sure. Real thing, real quick, one other headline from the week that I wanted to get to. Education Week, kind of a national education publication, ranked uh, the states in terms of their education system. Idaho was on the list. We got a letter grade um my parents wouldn't have been happy with me if I brought this grade home when I was a kid. How did Idaho do it? Uh, yeah, well, it was a D plus, and it ranked 48th in the nation. The only saving grace, I suppose, is that Idaho was 48th in the nation a year ago. So, you know, for what that's worth. It's not worse than it was, but it's still pretty low. And it's low in areas that you would expect Idaho to receive low grades. No big surprises here. Uh, per people spending, uh, Idaho was marked down for that. Uh, preschool enrollment. Of course. Yeah. Uh, with no pre-K system that's uh, state-funded, Idaho has the lowest percentage of eligible kids in preschool. So no surprise in those numbers necessarily, and no surprise that, uh, that that's a low grade. And again, go back to where we started here, talking about this uh, 60% goal, Idaho was also graded low for uh, percentage of um, adults who have college education. So a lot of the metrics that we know right. are challenges in Idaho uh, kind of came back uh, in this uh, latest round of rankings. 48th in the nation, uh, I believe that put us ahead of New Mexico, Nevada, and Mississippi. There we have it. All right, well, I want to thank uh, everybody for listening. Uh, some of you may or may not know, this is actually the one-year anniversary of us launching yes. the Extra Credit Podcast. We've had a lot of fun doing it. We're going to continue to do it. Uh, we like it. We hope you guys like it and enjoy it. If you have suggestions, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh Next three months for the foreseeable future, we're really going to be focused heavily on kind of the intersection of politics and policy. We will be based out of the State House every day, covering all the Education Committee meetings and the relevant uh, budget hearing meetings and the floor votes. A great way to keep up with that is to follow at Idaho Ed News on Twitter, uh, where we will break all of our news throughout the session. Uh, of course, check out the homepage, IdahoEdNews.org for all the latest headlines. Meanwhile... And that starts Monday. So check we will be in with back. us about the State of the State Address and the first week of the legislative session. Yep, we'll be back next week to make sense of the first week of the legislative session. In the meantime, thank you for listening. I am Clark. I'm Kevin. Have a good week.